are we doing? That's it? Just how, how are we doing today? That's better. That was an amazing worship. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to pray because I'm nervous. <laughs> and it just kind of take that away. Could you all close your eyes, please? Lord, use me. Use me so I can release everything that you want for these women to hear. Misha's gone. You are here. So as she told you, my name is my name is Misha. And since it's just a few of us here, I might as well tell you my whole name. And yes, afterwards you should tell my mom she's crazy for naming me this. So she named me Misha with an M and then Misha, I mean Nisha with an N. Diane Reno. Yes, that's my whole name. It's on my passport. <laughs> she named me that. so I'm gonna have I'm gonna tell you a little bit about me Um, I was born in Belize (laughs) Um, I was born in Belize and um, if any of you guys don't know where that is it's like under Mexico next to Guatemala Um, and I moved from Belize when I was seven and um, lived in Chicago for a couple of years and then we moved from Chicago to California and I've lived here for a while and since we moved around so much I never felt like I fit in and people who's been at the church know that I always tell this story like I was never black enough and I was never Hispanic enough. It was always like, you don't eat soul food, you eat rice and beans and chicken and tortilla and all of that. You don't eat like what we eat. So I was never like, I didn't know all of like the black lingo and all that stuff. And then with like the Hispanics is like, oh, okay, you're from Belize, that's okay. You're darker, that's fine. Do you speak Spanish? No, they're like, "Uh, well. You can't really sit with us, basically. So it was just like, it was so hard for me. And especially coming from a single parent home, just having a mom, I didn't really know my value. I didn't know where I fit in. I never really just, I just felt like I was kind of like floating through, through life. Because it was just like, you're not good enough here. You're not good enough here. You have to be this way. You have to be that way. And I just didn't fit in. And I just didn't have value. I didn't know what that was. As a woman, I'm just like, really? I'm supposed to, like, know this? I didn't know it. And um, that's how this kind of message came about. I was just like, what, what is my, where is my value? Where do I get that from? Where do I get my confidence? Because there's days I'm like, I feel fat. I don't want to go out. This doesn't fit. Like I, It's just that whole process of being a woman. It's so much. And um, I kind of did a survey um, with some women, and I asked them, where do you feel, where is your value? For some of you, where, where do you get your value? Like, what makes you feel confident? What makes you feel happy? Where do you get your joy from? Like, if something goes wrong, what happens when that is messed up? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And and. For me, I fit in a lot of different things. And for a long time, I didn't have a job. 
So for me, I found like my value through working. I'm like, I work, I make money, I'm happy, my bills are paid. But then I lost my job. And I was like, oh, you're still playing. I'm so sorry. Forget that. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. It was so peaceful. Okay, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot you were back there. My bad. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> How come nobody told me he was still playing? It's okay. <laughs> So um, I took a lot of pride in having money. And um, when I didn't have it, it, my value changed. I start to question God. I'm like, don't you love me? Don't you want me to have a job? And, um, and I was without a job for a very long time. And then, too, I'm like, I graduated from school. I have a degree. Like, why isn't it coming? And um, it was just so... Hard. It was just such a struggle. And um, God said to me, your value comes from money, comes from working. That's not of me. And um, I was like, okay. But I, but I really like money. Like, it's, it's nice. I love my shoes and clothes and makeup and I want to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lord, you don't understand. And um, <laughs> so for me, it was like, but he was like, no, you don't need that. You don't need the makeup. You don't need the clothes. You don't need any of that. You need me. And I was like, that's right. But they're so pretty. And he's like, no, but I matter. Like, I'm more important. And for me, that was something that just changed my perspective. Like, we don't need those things. We need God. And that was something that, well, I got a job later on after God taught me that lesson. So thank God. <laughs> but now I know that my value doesn't come from it. So that was that whole process was very hard, but I got through it. <laughs> I survived. And um, Ezekiel 28, can we all turn to Ezekiel 28? Actually, I'm sorry. Can we go to Genesis 29? Sorry. <laughs> if you have it, you can say amen. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a little story about it, uh, a little, the earlier story about it. It's with Leah and Sarah and um, Jacob. So basically, Jacob was in love with Sarah. But the dad, like, he, like, worked so many years to get Sarah, but the dad gave him Leah instead. And, um, I mean, Rachel, sorry. Sorry, Rachel and Leah. Sorry, Rachel and Leah. Confusing Bible stories. Um, but he was in love with Rachel. Correct. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so he was in love with Rachel, but the dad gave him Leah instead. And, um, but he was like, I still, want, I still want Rachel. And the dad's like, okay, fine. But you just have to serve me another seven years basically. And he's like, okay, I, I love her that much, which is like, wow, I need to find a man like that. Um, <laughs> Lord, bring that man. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> um, yeah, so then Rachel got really like cocky. She was like, oh, um, wait, was it Rachel or Leah? Leah, sorry. Leah got cocky and was saying like, I have all these kids for Jacob, like he's going to love me, he loves me more, and all this type of stuff. But he was still in love with Rachel, even though Leah was having all the kids. And it kind of, for me, it had me thinking. So let's read it. It says, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this is my, 
now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have bore him three sons. Therefore, therefore his name was called Levi. So she was like, oh, now my husband's going to be attached to me. I have these babies. I'm, he has to love me more. And she got in that place where as women, we feel like, okay, because we're with this guy and we do these things for them, that he's going to love you. And we're like, oh, well, no, I've done this and I've done that. And we get attached when sometimes to them it means nothing. And we get our value from that. We get our value from, oh, I have this man and he's by my side, so I'm everything. So when he leaves, what happens? What happens? You're feeling what? Broken? Mad? You're stalking his Instagram like, who is he talking to? Like, come on. We do Facebook, Twitter, we look, like, who are you talking to? <laughs> so we get crazy, and then we get cranky, and then we start doing things out of our character. We do. We, get, we, get, we start doing other stuff, or we start talking to a guy we don't even care about. And we become sometimes promiscuous in some ways because we want an attention from this man. And it's not even there. And she had not one, two, three. She had so much kids for him. And he was just like, okay. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm still in love with someone else. And I, I was in a relationship for a really, 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 really long time. Um, about nine years. And, like, I found so much value in this guy. Um, everything he did, I had to be there. I had to help him with everything. And um, I just put so much value in him that I took, like, to the point where I just didn't have respect for myself. Like, it just didn't matter. If he needed me to be there, I was there. If he needed me to do something, I was there. And it got to the point, like, when we would break up, I just went so dark like not not only like stalking his Instagram and looking at stuff but I just didn't feel worthy I didn't feel pretty I didn't feel like like just nothing like he wasn't by my side so it meant I didn't matter and because he wasn't by my side I would treat my body like it didn't matter. And um, we had broken up a couple years ago, a while ago. And I got so dark and I was so sad and I was depressed and I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't, I don't want to feel. I just want to be numb. I just want to be completely, completely numb. And because I was numb, there was another guy, and he was just like, you're so beautiful, and you're just so nice, and you're everything, and I love you, and all this stuff. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, fine. At least he's, at least he's saying something to me, you know? At least he's there. Like, that was just enough. Like, that shows how low I was. Like, he didn't have to do anything. He just had to say, oh, you're beautiful. And I was like, oh, my God. And for me... It got to the point where, like, we sinned, and I felt so numb. Like, I felt like I was having, like, an out-of-body experience. You know, like, when you're doing something, and then you just, like, what? What am I doing? What am I choosing? And, and I was, like, so dark and I felt so alone and then a couple days had passed and I'm like why hasn't my period come I'm like what's going on like my period is supposed to come why didn't my period come and I'm like freaking out 
And it was just like crazy for me because I'm the oldest. Like I'm supposed to be an example. And especially coming from a different country, it's like I had to learn everything by myself. I had to apply to schools and do things and all this stuff. So it was just like my family is going to, they're going to kill me. Like, my, my mother, like, I'm disappointing. Just like Meryl said, it's like, there's one thing for them to be mad at you, but when they're disappointed in you, it's like your whole world just breaks. And then I have a lot of sisters, and I grew up in the church. So it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, those are the worst sins. I've told Danny. I'm like, there's two bad sins. Like, you could do a lot of little sins, but the two bad ones is being gay and having an abortion. Like, those are the, the, the darkest, like, you need to leave this church right now. Like, we don't, you're, you're not worthy of anything. And when um, I found out, I was pregnant. And I was alone. Um, and for me, it was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. And I told no one. No one knew. And I was like, I have to get rid of it. I have to get rid of it. Because everyone's like, Misha's so perfect. And Misha is in church. And, and I'll go to church. I'll go to church on Sundays. And I'll go to Bible study. But it was just like, I was so lost. I had no value. I was in such a dark place. And I go to the place, and the crazy thing is I, I go there, and the, the nurse is there, and she, like, gives me medicine. But, like, for women, like, my, like, down there was more tight than it was supposed to be. So she had to give me medicine to make it open. And by that time, all the medication was gone. So she performed the surgery, and I could feel everything. I could feel something so precious ripped out of my body by myself. And... I cried, and after the fact, you can't do anything. You just sleep. And I couldn't go home. I went to, like, a straight, like, at the time, some random persons and just slept at their house for, like, a day and a half. And, and I was so broken. I was so lost, and I was so scared. And I was like, God... I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to feel dark and broken. And for me, it was, it was just putting my value through certain things. Thinking my value came from a guy. Thinking my value was there if someone told me I was pretty, if someone told me that Oh, you, you're so great. And I took so much pride in that. And and I was like, like that woman, thinking that it was okay. But when it got broken, I came out of my character. And I didn't think I was worthy. So, like I said, I came out of my character, and I didn't think I was worthy of God's love. And um, it took, it, it happened, and then after that, I was, I, I went back. I, I repented to God, and I went to him, and, and it was okay for a little while. For a little while, it was okay. It was like, 
I'm getting better, I'm fine, it, I've letting it go, I've moved on. And then the person that I was with ended up getting shot in the head and he died. Um, the one that I was pregnant by, he had died later on. And like a couple months after, no, like a, maybe, yeah, a while after, and um, but then the guilt came back because I'm like, well, what if I kept it? He probably wouldn't have lived the lifestyle that he was living. Um, I felt so guilty. I was like, that his death is on my hands, and um, and then the devil just kept attacking me, and I just kept going darker and darker, and I didn't see any light, but I was still going to church on Sundays. I was still going to Bible study, and um, but I just kept masking it, as we do. We mask it, and we'll fix our hair, we'll get pretty, and we'll come to church, and we'll just keep smiling like, oh, hi, yes, thank you, Jesus, praise, keep going, and the whole world is tumbling down inside of us. And I, I saw that because when I was sent doing the survey, a lot of women were just giving me like very vague answers. And I was just like, why can't they be real with me in these surveys? But then God brought to my attention, Misha, you have to remember that you mask so much. We mask so much as women. And we act like everything is all fine and we'll post on Instagram like it's all happy and then five minutes later we're like, oh my gosh, it's a whole nother different thing. Like, we try to act like everything is all perfect and our, our world is la, 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 and it's, it's not. It's, it's so real for us, especially now because of social media. Oh, you have to have the perfect eyebrows. Like, that's the thing that's in right now. Eyebrows and a big butt. And I'm like, I didn't get blessed in that department, so I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> so I'm just like, it's just being a woman is just, it's so hard now. They've just diminished what we are. Like, oh, I'm empowered because I show my body. Like, I'm, I'm owning my sexuality because I'm showing everything that I have. And it's like, no, that, that's good. Who can, show the, who can show more without showing it? But it's all out there. And, and it's so crazy because I look at it and I feel so sad because I'm like, the way that they talk about women these days, it's, it, it's crazy. It's not, it's not at even like in the media, like even stuff on TV. It's like, what characters are women playing? They're not playing amazing women. They're playing conniving, crazy. Like my whole Instagram and all that is about like cookie. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, everything is about so much different things that isn't empowering us. That isn't saying to be a better woman. It's not saying any of that. And, and then even more, it's like, how do we find our value? What about what's going to happen with my little sisters? What's going to happen with the women coming up? What are they going to see? It's going to get worse for them. Like, who's going to show them? They're going to see that this is okay. It's okay to be like Beyonce. Like that's the, the, the top thing. Like she's so amazing, which is not, it's not right. Like Cynthia was saying, like, how is it that at the Grammys, she was wearing like a risque, um, showing a lot of stuff. And then Jay-Z comes out in a suit. It's like, how is it that she, they're saying she's so great, but she's showing half of her body and he's so amazing, but he just, he, he doesn't have to show anything. How, how, how is that? And it's like, she was just great. But, but everybody's so numb to that now. It's so numb to be naked. It's so numb to do whatever. It's so numb to, to do things that the world thinks that's okay. And um, can we all turn to Proverbs 27, 20, chapter 27, verse 21? Proverbs 27, chapter 27, verse 21. 
So, like, leading into now, I feel like we've become this you have to like me generation. That's why they have Instagram. Oh, how many followers do you have? How many likes did you get? And then it not only, like, they show you the notification. So, like, I've had those moments, you post a picture, and then it's like, everyone's liking you. You're like, oh, my God, I must look good. And you get all happy in that moment. But it's just a moment. It's just a moment in that time. And um, verse 21 says, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. And a man is valued by what others say of him. It's like, when you get praised, how does that affect you? Some people, they love it. Like, they like to be center of attention. But when it's gone, what happens? They want more attention. So you may start off showing a little bit, but then you go even more because you want a guy to like you. You may start off like, oh, yeah, this is all nice. We're just dating. And then because you want his praise and you want more, you keep doing more. You keep taking away your value just to get this praise from someone else. Or even from girls. They're doing other things, so you want to do it. And especially for me, I'm like, I, try, I tried both. I tried fitting in with the black people and watching black shows and watching things just to know the lingo and but it still never was good enough it still wasn't enough and even too like I don't know Spanish so I don't know any of the stuff that's going on in the novellas and I'm like that's what I'm kind of happy that being um what is that show called the the Jane one Jane the Virgin I love that show it's good by the way you should watch it if you haven't watched it but um on a side note, um, I, I have those moments where it is like you want to feel praise. Like you want someone to be like, oh, you look pretty. You know, it's different because I'm single. You know, I don't have a great husband like Kevin and Mario. You know, I don't, I don't get that every day. So, <laughs> um, okay. I got that. Um, <laughs> so being single, it's a little different. You you kind of you're like, well, I haven't heard, any, I haven't talked to anyone, you know, like you're not really, and you start to be like, what's going on? Am I what's like? Have I gained weight? Like what's you're you're questioning everything, and um, and then too, then when that someone comes along, then you're like, okay, I must be cute. But it's not. It's just a fog. The devil's just trying to cover your eyes. And another one is the power, is like being very prideful. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's a Belgian thing. I don't know. But I'm very prideful. Like, I don't like to be vulnerable at all. I, I don't like to show that. I'm like, I don't want no one to know that I'm insecure. I don't want no one to know that I don't know what my value is. Like, nope, I'm going to act like I know everything, that I have it together. Nobody can tell me nothing. Even though I'm just like not knowing what I'm doing, I'm just walking through life, not knowing direction, not having anything lead me. And, um, for, can we go to Daniel 4? Daniel chapter 4, verse 30 to 34. Do we all have it? Amen. Amen. Daniel 4, 30. The king spoke, saying, is not this a great Babylon that I have dwelled for the royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Will the words 
while the words was still in the king's mouth, the voice fell from heaven. King Nab, that's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to even read all of that. We're going to say King Nab. To you, <laughs> to you it spoke. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you, you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat, make you eat grass like ox, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever. Whoever, whomever he choose. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning King Nab. He was, <laughs> he was driven from men and ate grass like ox. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nail like bird claws. At the end of time, King Nab left my eyes to lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returning to me. And I bless the Most High and praise and honor him who lives forever for his domination, domina, domin, dominion is everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Amen. King Nab was very prideful. He wanted them to, like, build an image of him in gold, which sounds kind of cool, though, but... Um, it's wrong. Like, he got so prideful, he wanted people to worship him. And I feel like, yes, we are supposed to be praised as women. But, like, it gets distorted that we're supposed to get praised for our sexuality. We're supposed to get praised for all of those type of, of, type of worldly things. And we kind of start to believe that. That, oh, if I don't have the latest clothes or wear the cutest thing, crop tops are in, so I have to wear a crop top. Like, it's just, we get so caught up in that. And that's what happened with King Nap. He got caught up in that prideful way and got caught up in those things and didn't want to do what God called him to do. And so, like, obviously, like I was with misplacing your value, we what get de we get depressed. We have suicidal thoughts. We get promiscuous. We we even to so many people. I was an eater for a while. Like it got to the point where, even though God saved me, I was like, okay, um, I'm not gonna go out. I'm gonna eat ice cream. I'm not going to go out. I'm going to get an In-N-Out burger. And started to the point where it's like I became an emotional eater. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do anything bad. I've recovered from that. But now it's like I need something to fill that. I need something to fill that. And I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to go out there anymore because I know if I go down that path, where it would lead me. So I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat everything <laughs> in sight. So, and we do that. And then we become sick. And then we wonder, like, oh, my gosh, I've gotten so fat. And then that takes us into another depression. Like, we try to put just, like, fix it with a Band-Aid and not looking at the deep issue. And um, we have, like, this false hope. Even though we know we have God, we still have this false hope. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3. Okay. Um... Now, I know you've all heard this story before a lot of times. I know it very well. But um, chapter, Genesis, 3, chap, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning 
than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, has God indeed said you should not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So then the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate. She also gave her husband, she also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Hmm. So, Eve knew God, but she still ate the fruit, even though he told her not to. Just like we disobedient. God said, Misha, don't have sex before marriage. Um, bad things will happen to you, but I did it anyways. And bad things happened to me. It's like, that's one thing you can depend on is God telling the truth. Like, he's the most honest person you will ever know. And... Eve was just, like, being very deceitful. It was just like she was being deceived. And even though she knew it, she knew God said not to eat from the fruit. But she just had to. And um, I found this thing, and I'm going to read a little bit to you. And it said, what is that? It It says, God is actually warning her. When, like, about the fruit, against the tendencies to make, like, her relationship with her husband rather than a relationship with God for primary, like, for him to be her primary reference point. As a result, the man might rule over her emotionally. So... When we don't have our focus on God, the people will rule. Not only man, there's, there's women. There's family. Because I was so scared, like, with certain things, you don't do things because you're like, oh, well, what is my mother going to think? What is my father going to think? What is my cousin going to think? Like, we always think, like, we have to have them look at us as that we're great. We would never want to disappoint them. And... With Eve, it was just like, oh, it's going to make me see good and evil. It's going to, to do that. But she put what the devil was saying above God. She couldn't tell the difference. And sometimes we can't tell the difference. And that's a problem. So, I have this picture I don't know if you all could see it, but it's, like, of a man, and he's in, like, a, what do you call those things that you swim with? Yeah, a little floaty, and it's, like, Jesus standing on the water, and it says, sometimes we just miss the point, and we do. We miss the point of what God has for us, and I miss the point a lot of times, as you could clearly see in my, my whole story. I missed it a lot. But then I started to get more and more into the word. And now I want a little light to it. It's like, how does God place value on you? Can we all turn to Psalms chapter 139? Are we all there? Verse 14. I will praise you. 
for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul know, knows very well. My frame will not be hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wroth, is it wrong? In the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. When as yet there were none of them. When I read that and it's like, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, fearfully, wonderfully. Like, I'm like, those are, like, to be on our shirts, it says fearless. And it just shows how much God loves us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Not just like, oh, you're fearfully, but no, wonderfully. Like, it's joy. It's happiness. It's good. Not, and sometimes, as women, we, we don't feel that way. But once you start thinking like, wait, he made me special. Like, if I try to put my fingerprint on your phone, if you have one, it's not going to let me in. No other person can open that but you. And it, it's like, God said to me, he's like, how can you hate yourself when I created you? I'm in you. How can I, how can I hate myself? And he said, I make no mistakes. You're not a mistake. Like, no matter what you do, you're not a mistake. You're mine. Um, and I think sometimes we just forget that we have easy, we have easy access to him. He's, he lives in us. It's not like, oh, we could pick up the phone and call him or he lives in New York or something. No, he lives in us. Like, you could wake up in the morning and you could say good morning to God and he'll say good morning right back. And can we go to Romans 5, verse 8? I know it's a lot of scriptures. I love the Bible. <laughs> Romans 5, chapter 8. Okay. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, when I read that, I was like, what? Like, he loves you even before you even accepted him. Like, I don't think you get that. Like, when you were born, he loved you before you even accepted him. Like, you don't even, people who don't even know about him, people who claim to not care about him, he still loves them. Like, to me, that's crazy. Because it's like, if someone don't like you, I'm like, uh, you don't like me? I don't like you. I don't need to deal with you. You know, like, stay far away. Or that way, like, oh, I don't know her. Why, why would I love her? Someone that doesn't even have a relationship with God, and he still died for her. Like, who would... Who would die for a random stranger? You wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't do it. Like, I don't, I don't know you. Why would I die for you? And for, and on top of that, to still love me? Like, not like, or, oh, I'll deal with you sometimes, but no, like, love you. And still have grace. And still have mercy. And to me, it was just like, it's, it's just his love. Um, 
to have Jesus Christ die for us? Like, how can you be uncertain about that? How can you be on? It's like he was saying, like, Misha, how could you be uncertain of me? I was there with you through everything that you've been through. I've been there every step of the way. And and it says, if God loved you when you were a rebel, he can surely strengthen you now that you love him in return. Like, no matter what you do or how you feel, if you feel fat today or if you feel a certain way tomorrow or things don't always go right, he still loves you. Like, that's where your value come from. A couple weeks ago, I, um, <laughs> I went to Del Taco around here and I, was, I bought a taco, I went to my car, I was locked out of my car. Who left their keys in their car? Me. I can't believe I left my keys in my car. And it's not surprising. I've literally done it like six times this year, in this year. Like, it's that bad. Yes. I know. I need to get my mind checked. But, um, and I have AAA, but who used up all their AAA? Me, because I locked my keys in our car so many times. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it was literally like church starts at 2. It was like. 145. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I'm sitting in, I'm, I go back, I'm like, well, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat my taco. So, <laughs> so I go back in there and I start eating my taco. And I take like two bites of my taco and I literally, I look to my left and I see a triple A car. And I'm like, <gasps> like it just appeared out of nowhere. And I'm like, boom. I'm like, yes. I'm so happy. So I'm like, okay, let me see someone in there. So I look, and it's a guy in there, and I asked him, and I'm like, um, can you open my car? Is it okay? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, thank you, Jesus. So I was, like, super happy. And then he opens my car. I get to church on time. It literally happened, like, under 10 minutes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, God must love me. Like, he did that in just that short amount of time. And then come to church, and I'm, like, telling people, like, God loves me. Like, look what he did. And then um, the next day, I go to work, and a friend borrowed money from me and um, gave it back to me. And I'm like, oh, I have this cash on me. I should put it in the bank. And um, so I'm like, fine, I'll go to the bank. I'm tired, but I'll go. So I go, and there's this lady there. It's like, she's like, she looks like disheveled and she has like a bruise under her eye. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like she looks really bad. And I deposit my money in my account and she's like, she's like, miss, can you help me? Um, my boyfriend like cut up all my cards and cut up everything and I need to deposit this check. And then she has like kids in the car, like just sitting in the car. And I'm just like, and they look all sad and hungry. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, um, I'm like, okay. So I deposit the check. And she's like, oh, it's going to be available right away. And like half of the check was available, but the other half wasn't. And I'm like, well, it, it's not all available. I could give you the half that it said was available. And then she was like, she was like, you can't give it to me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. And um. And she was like, well, would you get up in the morning, you know, when it does clear? And I'm like, sure, yeah, I have no problem. I just, you know, I just, this feels weird, which I, it was weird because it wasn't true. And I basically gave her my money because the check was fake. Yes. So, and I was mad. I was so mad. And I was like, oh, my God, my whole world is ending. Like, Misha, how could you be so stupid? Like. I know she had a bruise, but man, I'm like, I'm so gullible. I'm like, why did you help this lady? Like, you could have had an extra $200, but now it's gone. And, and then I'm like, then I sat down and I'm like, am I that easily, like, shaken? Like, oh, so yesterday God loves me, but today he doesn't because somebody took my money. <laughs> so... And 
I, it's like we as Christians, well, me, I do it a lot. Like, and I had to catch myself. Like, why is it that when things are good, then God is good? And when things are bad, God forgot about you. And I'm like, no, he's still the same. He's still the same. And, and to me, it's like nothing matters because he still loves you. He loves me this more than he did the day before. And even though I was in my emotions, like, oh, yeah, I'm giving him praise. And he's like, no, you're giving me false praise. You're giving me that flesh praise that, oh, yeah, it's good now. But tomorrow we'll see what happens. And for me, and then, too, like he said, he's like, Misha, you're made in my image. Like, I made you just like me. And no matter if you're mad one minute or something's going on the other day, I'm still going to love you. I still am going to remain the same. And our value is based on internal affirmation from God with external benefits. What he gives to you on the inside is what should give you your value. Him saying that he made you in his image is your value. Not, oh, well, they say I look good or because someone liked your picture or because you had a good day. Because, oh, yeah, God loves me today because I had a good day. But, no, even on your worst day, God still loves you. Even on the day that you question him, he still loves you. He's right there. He's right there with you throughout the whole process. And, and I know it's hard. It's hard because society is like, oh, well, you got to do this, and you got to be on your own, and you have to play God for yourself. You have to take matters into your own hands. And as women, it's natural for us. What do we do? We cook, we clean, we take care of everything. We're like, we're, we're super women. So it's like we get in our own way sometimes where it's just like, okay, you have to believe in God. You have to take that moment and you have to strip all that facade away and say, I am valued through you. I'm not valued through anything else. I'm not valued through my kids, through my husband, through the boy I'm just talking to, through work, through church. Like, it's just a building. And you have to keep good thoughts and take away bad thoughts. Because from the beginning of time, we get attacked with our mind. And that's the thing God shows us. We get attacked in our mind, nothing else. Like he knows once he tells us something, we go. Because even if someone says something to you and they go do something else, we'll be like, but they said this. He said he loved me. So he had to. He can't just make that up. But the devil clearly lied. And they are lying too. You have to go to God's word and be like, yes. That's where it comes from. The Bible is God's love letter to us. Like, that's his love letter to us. Like, he wrote that. And it's the instruction on how to live and how to develop a relationship with him. Like, that's crazy. I don't have a book to say, like, oh, here you go, Cynthia. This is how to be my friend. This is everything that I like. It's like, no one does that. But God, he makes it so easy for us as women to just open up a book and be like, this is my love letter. This is how you love me. This is how we get close. Like, for him to take that time out to give us that, we'll read all these other books, but we won't read it. And it's juicy. No, it is, like, it's so good. Like, I read stuff, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, she did what? 
like you you would never like sometimes I feel like the Bible's more risque than TV and I'm just like but but he made it that way because he knows how it is. He knows how everything is. And for me like my call to action is get in your word more. Like as women we like to see things. We like to hear things. And we love the little things. The little things are what matters. It's like, yes, yeah, someone could buy you shoes and do all this stuff, but if they make you feel special, we go crazy. And it's like, he wrote that for you. And he's showing you that I love you and I want you to be great. I want you to fulfill your purpose. And we don't have that. Because the Bible talks about it in Revelations. There's going to be a point where you can't have a Bible. Are you going to be able to still speak to God? Like, how are you going to find your value then? Like, if you didn't have those scriptures that said, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, what are you going to do? He's giving it to you. And don't compare yourself to social standards. It's, it's that simple. Sometimes, like, I fast from, from all of that stuff. Especially, too, with everything that everyone's wearing. It's like, now, what I, like, they were um, saying, I forgot who was saying, like, they were naming so many different women that's, like, in the high, like, rich people, but no one knew their name. Or, like, are making a difference in the world but no one knew their name, but everyone knows what Kim Kardashian's wearing. Everyone knows what Beyonce has. But as women in a church, we, we look at that. I look at it. Even though I shouldn't be, I shouldn't make that my, my value. Like, oh, I'm only cool if I go here. And I feel like we need to block that out. We need to block that out. And... God said to me, Misha, you've been in a dark place, and you survived, and now you have to tell your story. I didn't want to tell my story. Trust me, I didn't want to tell my story. I'm like, can I just praise you? I, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore, so I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't want to be up here. I don't want to be seen. And he's like, you're my child. I want you to tell your story. I want every one of you to tell your story. Like your story matters. No matter how scared you think you might be, there's someone that needs to hear it. And I'm like, no, no one's, no one's, no one's done what I've done. No one's done that. He's like, yes, they have. They just try and act perfect like you do. And I'm like, I want us to stop acting like we're perfect. We have flaws, but we're made in his image. And that's what our value, that's where it comes from. It comes from him. And we forget that. I think we take him for granted sometimes. Because even too with me, I'm like, now I'm at a place where it's like, he loves me. What matters? I don't care. I'll go out looking a mess because I know he, is, he loves me. Like, my value doesn't come from that other person. And, and he just keeps saying that he just wants for you to feel his love, to feel that, that no matter 
what's going on or how dark you think it might be, he's there. Because I've been to some dark places. And the crazy thing is, I haven't even told y'all nothing yet. Because I know that what, what I went through other times, it's going to save somebody else. And that's what it's about. It's about him. It's not about me. Because I'm like, oh, how are they going to look at me now? No one's going to want to talk to me. But he's like, I'm talking to you. Why should anybody else matter? So I want you all to close your eyes. What was your value system before you came in here? If it wasn't God, let it go. Let it go. the daughter of a king who is not moved by the world for my God is with me and he goes before me I do not fear because I am his I do not fear because I am his You are his. 